TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. I mean, I've done everything. Glenn Perkins. I've started, I've mopped up, I've closed. Glenn Perkins. We joke around and we have fun and he's different, he's unique. He seems like a guy that I'd like to have him do it. It's me. It's Glenn Perkins on baseball. Sweet. Welcome to the Score North Twins show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. I should have called it the Let's Not Panic. The Twins are still in first place. Wow. First place Twins show. Look at you, practicing uh, baseball fan mindfulness. Right yeah. Now. Um, so this might be TMI, but I got to the studio today, and, and Phil and I both, uh, he was coming in from somewhere, and I was coming in from home. And I needed to go to the bathroom. Phil needed to go to the bathroom. So we were, he was in the, he was in the stall. I was in the urinal. And he That's says, a lot of information. He already. says, I have a rant. <laughs> From the from the like over the bathroom stall, and so Phil wants to rant. So, uh, well, we're about twenty seconds into the show, and, and Phil, you got the next forty five minutes. For the record, I was I was standing. I don't know if that matters uh, for the listeners, but um, so all right, I'm going to see if we can play. This is a clip from from Justin Verlander, just to set this up. Okay, Justin Verlander, who uh, is talking about the number of home runs hit. Which, by the way. Last year, we had a thousand more home runs in the full season of 2018 than we had in 2010, and we're on pace to go way beyond the home run total from last year as well. I mean, it gets discussed for sure. I, I've talked to I've talked to a few guys about it. I mean, obviously, something's different. I think everybody's aware of that. So, I mean, we talk about it, um, and, and it is difficult. It's hard to pitch. Uh, it's hard to pitch when, when everybody in the lineup can hit oppo homers now. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. Everybody's pitching the same ball. It's just, uh, you know, I, I kind of just wish they'd just say what it is. Um, you know, but, yeah, I mean, we have fun with it. I have fun with a lot of the guys here, actually. I, you know, I joke with them about it or whatever, and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's all in good fun. I want to preface this by saying I get why Justin Verlander and pitchers are flummoxed by the fact that they're all going to give up 30 home runs this year and their ERAs are higher and everything. I, I get that. But this is a clip from the Washington Post from, I don't remember the writer, but Washington Post from the media and fan side. Do the math. If more plate appearances are ending in home runs, and of course strikeouts, which are headed for a record for the 12th straight year, and with, uh, the, and with 23 in the All-Star game this week fitting right in, then there's a lower percentage of at-bats that can end in everything else that isn't a strikeout or a home run. Viscerally, the writer adds, viscerally, yes. Viscerally, it feels as if there's less action in a baseball game. Statistically, it's undeniable. Take the single, for instance. It's basic, bland, rarely gift-worthy on the internet, but it's essential. Two decades ago, Major League games averaged near, nearly 12.5 singles per game between the two teams. 12.5. This year, that rate is down to 10.5 singles <laughs> per game. The oh. lowest since baseball. They're almost non-existent. Last expansion. Singles are going extinct. We had 12 a couple years ago. Now we have 10 in a game. Oh, no. And we're replacing those singles with home runs. Okay, Glenn, am I the only one that doesn't care? Like, wait, you're telling me, if you told me 10 years ago, so there's 12 singles and like a home run and a half every game. What if we took away a couple of those singles and added a bomb or two? Would that make baseball more well, fun? Well, and it, yes. so it's it's add a home run and add a home run and and add a double and then take away two bloop singles uh, on a broken bat to right field. Like Yes. I'm in. And I'm not pitching. And I'm I'm not pitching now. I think where Verlander's coming from is he's he's leading the league in home runs. He's like in a I mean, he's like 
contending with Burt Blylevin's single season it, record. Is he really? I, he's up there. I, I don't think it's it, Blylevin gave up like fifty something. I think one year it was like fifty six or something crazy. But it doesn't bother me. It's more. It's more fun. The game's more fun to watch, which is what they were going for. I think that what they need is just ad, like admit it. Like, that's the weird part where it's like, and I think Verlander said that. I mean, he was talking fast, but I think he said that. Like, let's just, let's just know what's going on. He is, he does have 26 home runs allowed already, by the way. His previous career high was 30 in 2016. Yeah. So, so he's, he's on definitely on headed for like, for like 50. <laughs> yeah. He's on pace for f- like 50 ish. So yeah, he also leads the league in whip. So it's not. It's not like he's having a train wreck season. He's no, still he has just gets up below three. He just goes up. I mean, I read an article this morning about Garrett Cole. Same deal. He's getting like more fly balls or leaving the park, which everybody is. So it's it's like if you're along. I mean, Verlander twenty six right now is a little above league average, but I mean, just I, I, where I'm coming from is is like the Rob Manfred like, oh, uh, we don't know, and the tests that we've done and the scientists we've used uh, have not found anything wrong with the ball. Yeah. But like I think it was the ringer that did it, and they I mean there's been a couple now, I think five thirty eight might have done something. The athletic found an astrophysicist that's that yeah, the it. It was the athletic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and like they, they like took the ball apart and were like, yeah, they're they're markedly different and they are. Like I think what I think they started doing is I noticed it at the, in the home run derbies. And I know we're gonna do some all star stuff later, but um this is kind of separate from that. Is is those home home run derby balls um you know, like the, the the guy would throw a pitch and the catcher would catch it and he'd kind of toss it out to the side and they'd put a bucket. Well, I went over and, and got one. And it was hard as a rock. Like the the leather on it, and they're not rubbed. So like that's different. But I've, I've, I've felt unrubbed Major League Baseballs. And these ones, these ones were like, like slick and way harder for the home run derby. I'm like, well, that makes sense. Like make some harder baseballs. So, you know, even remember like Sammy Sosa hitting balls like out of Miller Park. Like the the baseballs for the derby have always yeah. been harder. It might have been their testing ground for like how hard can we make these yeah. baseballs. So like the ball that where Sammy it's not Sosa, like, that he hit over the slide in Miller Park. Yeah. Like, you know like, what? Let's use that in an actual game like 10 right. years from now. And so I, I, I remember feeling those balls from 13, 14, 15 and thinking, man, these things are really hard, way harder like the leather, it was like you could feel they were like stretched tighter, and I, that was like they're testing. It seems to me like they might have tested out some different balls for the for the derby, and then yeah. like they found one. And we're like, okay, I think we think that a pitcher's not going to get killed by a line drive, so uh, let's use these in games now. So okay, well, let's go down this path. I think I think the balls are different. It's very obvious. We've had an astrophysicist say the balls are different. Justin Verlander is a Hall of Fame pitcher, and he's saying, yep, the balls are. The balls are definitely different. Like every smart person with a stake in this is saying the balls are different. Why can't baseball just say, you know what? You guys are right. It's more fun when baseballs are flying over fences. We change the baseballs to make baseball more fun. And the reason why they can't say that is because, and, and you and I are diehard, hardcore baseball fans. And so yeah, I, 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 I'm criticizing the like-minded here. Baseball fans can't let go of this statistical comparison across eras. Like, this is it. The NBA in 1981 or 1982 said, you know what would be more fun? We're not really getting that many people watching our games. We're just like, everything's kind of jammed up next to the basket. We got all these athletic guys. What if we just drew a new line on the court and said, you know, if you make a shot from behind that line, you get three points instead of two. And then Larry Bird becomes one of the most popular players in NBA history. And the Showtime Lakers, who didn't shoot a lot of threes, but like basketball became more fun 
when they drew a new line on the court. Baseball, pardon my extended rants here. I'm just I'm fired up about this. Baseball has done two things in the last ten years that have made the game more fun to me, longtime diehard baseball fan. Number one, they created two game sevens out of thin air with the one game wild card playing. This, you know what? Baseball is at its most fun when there's urgency. When one team plays another team and either you go home or you advance. Let's just create two of those to make a must-watch night in baseball. And what happens? Half of the fans get outraged. Well, you can't can't decide a baseball season with one game. Well, why not? It turns out it's wildly popular, too. Correct. Shocker. And then the other thing they did, quite obviously, even though they're not admitting it publicly, they changed the baseballs to make it easier to hit home runs, which is the most exciting thing in the sport. So they can be more social media friendly with their highlights, uh, they can get more sports center action with a 500-foot home run by Yasiel Puig. And again, I feel like half of the fan base is like, well, you can't. Well, what's going to become of Roger Maris? It's like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't matter if we have, like, Will Chamberlain averaged 50 points and 25 rebounds one time 50 years ago. And we can say with, with basketball, you know, that's a totally different era. Like, you just can't put up numbers like that because the game has changed, the people have changed, the basketball is different, the court's different, et cetera. It's, it's not unlike what they've done in football either with the, all the stuff for the quarterback, protecting the quarterback, the different, the, the different rules to promote offense in football. Like, Terry Bradshaw didn't do what Tom Brady does now or what whoever does. Teams are changing rules to make them more entertaining for fans, whether it's on TV or in person. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, sports center a highlight. You want to see Homer? You want to see the Twins hit five homers in a game, or do you want to see them like go first to third on a hit and run slap hit to right field? You know, from Jorge Polanco, and watch Max Kepler go first to third and then score on a sack fly. <laughs> Judd actually signs up for that. By like, the way. I mean, you go, oh, that's good baseball. Like, no, good baseball is is like try to hit the ball over the fence. Try to hit home runs. How okay. pitchers should try to strike guys out, and and hitters should try to hit home runs. I mean, that's like that was like my revelation was like what like why am I not trying to strike guy? Why am I trying to induce contact? When then there's a chance the ball goes in play. Like, why don't I try to strike the guys out? Do my best to strike them out, and then secondary to that would be weak contact. So I want to try to strike the guys out because then the ball then it's an out. If you, if, I mean, you can hit. They, they do the Statcast uh, expected hit percentage and all those things, and a guy can hit a laser into the gap, but they're yeah. playing on a shift. Oh well, that was a you know ninety six percent of the time. Well, it wasn't a hit this time because they're playing there. Well, guess what? If you hit it over the fence, it's a hit. Yeah. Yeah, well, you so you brought up, just to go back to what you said at the beginning of, of that, you brought up Terry Bradshaw, for instance. So Terry Bradshaw is a Hall of Fame, multiple Super Bowl championships, right? Um, literally no other sport. Like, we aren't, we aren't saying, well, wait a second, why don't, the, why don't Tom Brady and Peyton Manning's numbers line up with Terry Bradshaw's numbers? What does that mean? Does that mean that Terry Bradshaw wasn't very good? Like, with baseball, it's, well, wait a second, we know that if you hit 50 home runs, it's good. And if, like, for 100 years you've had these, these number baselines, and I just find it fascinating that when Tom Brady and, and uh, Peyton Manning throw 50 touchdown passes, we don't panic because, oh, my God, but Johnny Unitas only threw 30. That like, was, that's that, exactly my point. What does that mean for the game? Yeah. Like, we get, we got to reduce these touchdown passes. We say, oh, well, 30 was good 50 years ago, and now 50 is good in 2019. Yeah. So if Christian Yelich hits, he's not going to, but if Christian Yelich hits 80 home runs at some point in the next couple of years because the baseballs are different, instead of saying, well, I guess that's just how the, the, the game's just a little more exciting now. People hit 80 bombs. The game's different now. We're going to say, 
well, it's well, like what, what are we? It's like baseball's tied to nobody can ever be better than like Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, and Babe Ruth. You you can't be better than them, and and this is true across every sport. the The best player in every sport right now is the best player of all time. Buck Showalter said it a couple years ago in in that MLB commercial. They had an awesome MLB commercial that he narrated and said the game's being played at a higher level now than it's ever been played. The, the in every sport, the best player in that sport right now is the best player of all time. LeBron James, there you you can't it, 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 you can argue it because everybody does. You Mike get Trout, MJ, LeBron, Mike Trout, six five one six four six. But, but here, so like, but look at it, look at it where you can actually measure it in like in like like sprinting, Olympic sprinters, okay. It, when was the when was the the hundred meter dash record set? It was Usain Bolt, like the last four times he's run it, right? It's not Jesse Owens in 1936. So why would Babe Ruth be better than a guy now in 1936? I so love, you, I love this. By so the way. you can it, it's, that's a measurable thing, right? So so guys are lifting weights, guys are training different, guys are eating different, guys are doing all these. So it's okay. My I guess my long winded point is it's okay. If somebody now or a bunch of guys now are better than guys were seventy years ago, but baseball is the only one, the only sport that tries to hang on to that, like, like the the black and white crackly footage of, you know, <laughs> we watched it in your office last week after the show, like Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth hitting, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> Adam Adovino said it this winter, like, yeah, I think I'd strike out Babe Ruth every time. He would, yeah, like he would, yeah, because we- Babe Ruth never saw those pitches. He also never saw hundred miles an hour. Also with those pitches. Yeah. I actually just pulled up the the men's 100-meter world record progression here. So Usain Bolt, I think this is right. Usain Bolt at 9.58 seconds. Yeah, 9.58 seconds in 2009. I don't think it's been matched since then. Maybe somebody can correct me on that. So the first ever recorded, according to Wikipedia, 100-plus years ago, 1891, we're gonna get out there. We're gonna run. We're gonna run 100 so meters, everybody. 11.4 seconds. Super short shorts and mustaches. <laughs> As I yank my headphones out of my. Uh, uh, Luther Carey is the name of the guy who set the original. Uh, this was done in Paris, France. 10.8 seconds. So over the course of 100 years, we've shaved off more than one sec, almost a second and a half off the men's 100 meter. But in that era, Luther Carey was the best and fastest yeah. man in the world, right? Yeah. So that's that's my point. Like I always go to back, back to that. Like that's where it's measurable. And so to to assume that, you know, swimming records, all the things that you can measure, the 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 mile times, all of those things that you can measure you can't you 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 can't technically measure eras of sports. They they try to with with wins above replacement and things like that. And but that's all contextualized to when they played. So yes. it's it's just a way to kind of make everybody Everything counts the same in this in these eras, you know, when there was nobody hitting home runs or only Babe Ruth was hitting home yeah. runs. But if athletes in general are getting better, then everybody's getting better. All these guys are better than the guys back then. But baseball holds on to that. Like baseball doesn't let that go. Like they like people seriously think that Babe Ruth could play baseball right now. And if they let Kristen Yelich hit eighty home runs in a season, then oh my god well that's not that's not fair yeah so i think you know, to to put a to wrap this back around from the top of the segment a lot of people who oppose the home run barrage craze right now the way they frame it is well we're losing that middle layer of 
singles and moving guys over from first to third. It's like, no, that stuff still exists too. The guy from the Washington Post who pounded on the desk and said, what happened to all the singles? Like, okay, well, you you did the math and like literally wrote it. It was 12 and a half singles a game, and now it's 10 and a half, and we're just hitting a bomb and a double instead. That seems like a pretty good mix. And I feel like people are using, well, what about all the other stuff as a cover-up for? I don't want Roger Maris or Mickey Mantle or Hank Aaron's records to be smeared. Yeah. I think I think you probably nailed it. So when you decided that you were going to strike guys out instead of get ground balls to second base, what was the what was the first thing you said? I'm going to get velocity. Well, slider, so like, I started throwing harder, and and early on that was 2011. Early on in that season, I was trying to like jam guys and like and still initiate contact early in at bats. And I just like I think I gave up like a couple like broken bat. Like I remember like Billy Butler. I jammed him and his barrel went flying, but the ball went into left field. And I'm like, this is so stupid. Like. Wh- wh- I should be with the stuff that I have. I should be able to strike guys out. I need to figure out how to strike guys out, and so that's when I started doing some of the the research on, on you know, with just with me with just like heat maps and trying to figure out how to increase spin rate and those those simple things because it just made sense. I think 2011 was the year. If if there was ever a time to convert from pitch to contact to just I'll do it myself, I think there was a game in Cleveland where Carl Pavano had like it was like a one it was a scoreless game in the seventh or the eighth. And Nishioka made three years at shortstop in the same inning, and he guys lost one to nothing. And then he took a bat to the cooler in the dugout. Uh-huh. But then after the game, in fairness, he said he he calmed himself down, and after the game, he just owned all of it. He said, "I got to make better pitches. I yeah. got to make better pitches." Like, <laughs> no, you need a better shortstop, yeah. but but uh, that's fine. So, all right, you have been to three All Star games. We're going to quiz you on a couple things, uh, but I also want to get some some of your experiences and thoughts with this being All-Star Week when we come back. Glenn Perkins on baseball. It's the Score North Twin Show. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your the Score North Twin Show. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Score North Twin Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. I am the host, Glenn Perkins. I'm here with Phil Mackey. And it took me, I don't know if this is sad or not, but it took me until our second segment to realize that Wetmore's not here. <laughs> he's, just, he's just hiding in the corner. He, uh, yeah. Not talking. He's actually, uh, so I saw him, he's in He's in Los Angeles for just like a getaway during All-Star break. Is it vacation. sunny there? It's got to be, right? I mean, it's, it oh, can't geez. be better than it is here right now, though. It's like 85 and amazing. WCCO called it a top 10 weather. Does he, have a, does he have a sunscreen sponsor yet? He needs one. Yeah. SPF 7000. <laughs> He just actually wraps himself in uh, aqua. Saran, well, Saran Aquafresh wrap. is. I just read on the internet last night when I was bored. There was no sports on last night, so I was I was on the internet and Aquafresh is coming out with a uh, just a paste. Yeah, so you can just you can just coat yourself in. <laughs> That's what, Derek Bummer here for Aquafresh. I brush my teeth <laughs> and stay safe from the sun all yep. in one swoop. I saw him on Twitter. He was asking Trevor Plouffe and uh, Phil Hughes about burrito spots in Los Angeles. That's the last I've heard from Derek. Is watching him. Ask former Twins players for their burrito recommendations. Wants a good burrito. Yeah. 
So um, you, Glenn Perkins, have been to three All-Star games in your career, 2013, 14, 15, City Field, Target Field, and then uh, Great American Ballpark. I would love, like, what are... What are just some of your favorite? Do you have any favorite stories or run-ins, good or bad, or interactions with guys that you've that you hadn't met before? Like, what are your standout moments from three All-Star games? I think that that's the coolest part is you always you play against these guys and you you form an opinion on them, maybe good or bad or or otherwise, and and then you get a chance to you know hang out in the clubhouse with them, chat with them, talk, and you find out that everybody's kind of the same. I loved meeting new. The, the the new players like guys that you know especially guys you play against like I I think you know like finally getting to chat with Alex Gordon was cool because I played against him for freaking six seven years and then finally get to chat and like you know put a voice to the face or whatever and um you know so that kind of stuff I think the funniest thing that ever happened um was my first one uh, I didn't realize like the the sculpt like I knew it was a big deal I knew it was a circus all those things and the first day so we get to the we get to the field on Monday you guys you guys like charter fly private or how do you get to an all-star game well I was super lucky um so the first year we were playing the Yankees and then so Joe and I um just got in a town car and we had brought our bags to the field and went to the team hotel we were at the Hilton and we went to the Weston yeah and then the next year we were in Colorado, but the game was in Minneapolis. So the team flew back to Minneapolis. So that one worked out well. Then Cincinnati's not easy to get to. And so we we did a charter for that one. So we flew in Sunday after the, after the game and then flew out on Tuesday night after the All-Star game. So we got back and still had a couple-day All-Star break, which was cool. Um, but on that first Monday in City, at City Field, um, I'm, in the, I'm in, the dug, or in the clubhouse. And uh, somebody comes up and is like, hey, uh, your team photographer wants to take a picture of you and Mauer out in the field. Uh, we have the picture, everybody's seen it, the, of, of Joe and I when we were in high school at the Lions All-Star game. And so he's like, we want, they want to recreate that, but whatever. So go, we're going to bring you out there. I'm like, oh, I'll run out there and, fi- fi- and I'll find him. And they're like, no, you won't. Joe? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And so we walk out and we walk down the tunnel and, and you get like into the dugout and you can't even see the field. Like there's media from the dugout railing, like oh yeah, basically to to like the foul line, and like all the way down from home plate to the left field line, and I'm like, I looked at the guy, whoever was grabbing, I'm like, probably a good thing you're here because I guess I ain't gonna find him out here. So it's just it's media, it's probably celebrities, some celebrities. I remember just being on the field during the batting practice portion of the Target Field All Star Game. And I do remember, like it's like some of the celebrities from the All-Star softball game the night before were also on the field for batting practice before the actual All-Star game. Yeah, I guess I didn't. I never ran into anybody like that or, or saw anybody. Um, I, don't, I, I guess that's, I don't know. I, not really my thing, I guess. But I, I was probably out playing catch and then shagging. And, You're not like um, hobnobbing with celebrities? No, it's not, it's, not, it's not my... Have you ever hobnobbed with a celebrity? I don't know. What, what's a celebrity? Like when, uh, like wasn't Kim Kardashian and when she was with Chris Humphreys, yeah. wasn't she at a Twins game? Yeah, one time? she went up to this suite and like met her and then did some selfies. And yeah, we had to. We I didn't even take a picture. I, I just went saw her and then like left. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm trying to. No, not not really. I'm trying to think. I, there, 
Nothing. I mean, like I met Jessica Beal uh, in Kansas City. Her and Timberlake were staying there, and she yeah, was. I was right. going to breakfast, and she was walking her kids or something. Did you introduce yourself as Glenn Perkins, multi-time All Star? Yeah, yeah, three-time All Star, three-time All Star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you? Um, what, who are some? You, you mentioned Alex Gordon. Who are some some friends that you made specifically because of All Star games? Um. I, there's a few. Craig Kimbrell I got to know pretty well, which that was a little bit from going on some uh, trips in the offseason uh, through Nike. Um, so him, uh, yeah, I, there's just a lot of guys. Like, not not a ton of guys that like I keep in touch because I don't – I mean, I have a small circle of friends anyways. But, um, you know, there was guys – it was always fun, like, meeting them there, getting to know them, and then when you'd face them later on, kind of give them the nod and – yeah, you know, maybe set, get a little joke or something about how oh, you're going to pitch a guy, or you know, hey, I'm going to do this to you next time, and so, you know, like, hey, the first the first pitch is going to be, you know, up under your armpits, you know, and then they'd get in a box and I'd throw the first pitch up under their armpits. That was actually one of the most fun things about this All Star Game this week is the interaction. The between, Freddie Freeman, thing. yes, that was amazing. Miking guys, so up. cool. He probably struck out because he was mic'd up and wasn't paying full attention. Yeah, but to hear the to hear also Verlander, also Verlander was nasty. So that's true too. <laughs> like the three pitches he threw to Freddie Freeman were absurd. Yeah, but that's I. I think if just to take this down a new path here for a second, if there and I know that you can't give full access to conversations in sports. Like you could never mic up a huddle in the NFL without like drastically. You know, if you took away some of the strategic stuff, then maybe teams would be okay. But I would love to hear more of the first base runner on first base, first baseman interactions as a fan. The the umpire hitter and catcher interactions. Yeah, behind home Miguel plate. Cabrera should be mic'd up for the rest of his career. Like anytime he's playing first base, put a microphone on him because he's always chatting, goofing around, talking. That that stuff's fascinating. I thought it was awesome that they did that. And even if you don't, you know, I think it might have been Judd talking about it. But even if you don't. Uh, mic up guys talking like if you can get like body mics on guys you know like i think it would even be cool like like when you're uh when you're a hitter and you're mic'd up and then the ball whizzes by and hits the mitt to hear that on yeah tv you know because like on radio broadcasts they put the microphones around um all over the park you know they put the microphone on the wall so you can hear like the boom against the wall and they'll have they got microphones all over so you can hear crowd noise and stuff like that it would be cool if they somehow could do that or even if they uh, uh, mic'd up the umpire just a body mic where it where it's you're not maybe you don't even record anything that they say but just to get some of those sounds yeah um you know it's really cool i think they had one i think they had the home plate up with the with the um, the go, like the GoPro camera yeah. thing, and so like you could see like pitches come in, and then you know they like seeing how much, and they had that camera buried in front of home plate, like seeing how much they like. You can see why we need electric. One dude swung and missed at <laughs> at Barrios' slider by like two feet. Yeah. You know, like you can see stuff like that. Just a different kind of a different view, uh, if you will, for, of the game. I, I thought that that was really cool. I wasn't as into the stuff out in the field, and that was a little more ad lib. It was cool watching Lindor um, when they moved. When you know when he was moving guys around, they're like, "Hey, come this way." Actually, and he said, "Chapman, move over. I'm I'm shifting here." So the, the Freddie Freeman one was the best one, but the yeah. Lindor one, I think I didn't see all of them. I was actually watching some World Series of Poker as well because I'm a huge poker nerd. But I watched like five of the mic'd up interactions throughout the game, and the the thing with Lindor, if you, and, I, and I haven't heard a lot of interviews with him, and so I, I know he's an amazing player. But I, if you were to ask me, like, who are the smartest players in baseball? I don't know if I would have like if he would have jumped to mind or not. But when he's mic'd up and they're asking him, 
the conversation started off at the end of the inning with, "Do you do you look for the sign? Do you like do you know what pitch is coming?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, I I want to know like." Yeah, and he said like this trick. is a slider right here or something. He goes, he, he I think Pete Alonso was the batter, right-handed batter, and and he goes, uh, "This will be a like this is a fastball away." And then Pete Alonso stepped out of the box. He goes, "Actually, he stepped out." So just hold on one second, and he's like pounding the mitt. And then he goes, yep, fastball away, and if he throws it up above the belt, there's no way he can hit it. And, like, literally right after he says that, fastball away, above the belt, swing and a miss, inning over. Yeah. Just so nonchalant, knows exactly what's going to happen, yeah. and if he throws it here, it's an out. I don't even have to really worry well, about Well, think it. about how many pitches he sees. You know, I mean, you're standing right there, and if you're paying attention, as a shortstop, you do. He's obviously a smarter shortstop as well. And that's like, you know, I think he's won a, a gold glover too. And that's part of it is, like, you know what's coming, so you can. That's what J.J. Hardy was so good at. Was not giving it away like, oh, he's throwing an off speed pitch, so I need to shuffle over three, you know, three steps to the right here. But like, as the pitch was going, like, anticipating if he makes contact, it's going to go, it's going to be over here. It's going to be this way. Yeah. Is that a thing? You know, when we when we talk about tipping pitches, we always think about oh, is the is the pitcher flaring his glove or is he showing something? Is his arm slot different? Is that a thing too? Where I don't could- think a hitter could look out there. But maybe, I mean, it might peripherally, if you see a guy, like, as the pitchers come and set, like, if you see a shortstop start to shuffle, you probably pick up on that and be like, uh, okay, this is, you know, this might be a changeup. Or this, you know, if I'm a lefty, this might be a fastball. Yeah. Um, but then again, you could just do that to to mess with hitters, too, I guess, if you really wanted to. That's where I would get psyched out yeah. so much. Like, I, I, I think that most, most of the time, and I, like, I, I mean, I, obviously, I can't hit and never hit, but... I think guys start at some time when they're coming set, start to look in that spot where the ball's, like where the pitcher's hand's going to come out. I, I think that's how guys hit. Yeah. So they might not be looking at the how well, middle infielders. How well do you know your all star career? Uh, I, I get, I, we're, we're, let's find out. Oh, oh, it's funny. Oh, there's music. Oh, what production value on the Scorner Twin Show today? Because I've got a few trivia questions for you, Glenn Perkins. Starting with. This one. Name all of the hitters you faced in All-Star games. Oh, boy. Josh Harrison. Yep. Miguel Montero. Charlie Blackman. Those are actually the first three hitters. Yep. Um, They went strikeout, fly out to left, ground ball to second base. Wow, look at that. Um, And then the next year would have been, gosh, I'm not going to get this. I'm not going to get this in, in 15. Ryan Braun hit a triple uh, yep. down the right field line. Chris Bryant hit him in for a sack fly. No, Chris Bryant ended the inning on a fly ball. You're dancing around it. Um, you, you've, you've, you've nailed two of the guys in the inning. There's two other guys you faced in the inning. I one, know. one of them had a sack fly. The other was the last out of the inning. So Bryant hit the sack fly? I don't think so. So he just flew out, maybe to start the inning. Uh, the, the order was Ryan Braun led off. Chris Bryant triple. batted third in the inning. Okay. The guy between the two hit the sack, the fly. sack fly. Yeah. Um... Man, did I, I? I believe the other two guys actually played for the same team as well. What team? National League. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much of a giveaway. What's the team? I mean, it's a, it's too much of a giveaway. One of them had amazing hair. I'll give you that. Amazing hair, greasy hair. Greasy They're hair. They're both infielders. You had the middle infield for a National League team that you faced. Holy cow. Western Division, National League West. National League West. Oh, Brandon Crawford. Yep. And uh, who's their second baseman at the time? 
Uh, Joe Panic. Yeah, I was going to say, think Judd Zolgad. Yeah, Joe, Joe Panic. Joe yeah. Panic. All right. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's yeah. Pretty good. Uh, okay, what about this? Let me hold on. Let me uh, let me change the music up on you here. Let's do this one. You played on some bad Twins teams. We're going to go away from All Star Games for a second here. All right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go into the 2013 Twins lineup here. Okay, your first year as an All Star on a 96 loss team. It was you were like the lone highlight. You and Joe Mauer basically. Who were the 11 hitters on that Twins team to have the most plate appearances? So the 11 guys who came to the plate like 200 plus times. 2013. Yep. Josh Willingham. Okay. Uh, Ryan Domit. Yep. Justin Morneau. Yeah, he was back. Um, well, Maurer. Dozier. Dozier. It's five. I gave you Maurer, so five. Um, was Eddie Escobar? Not yet. No. Nope. Not to that. He, he um, might have played, but he didn't get to that level. Man, uh, Renee Renee Tassoni. <laughs> this is where you, this is where you draw the line on this. Uh, no Renee Tassoni on not on not on the two hundred plate appearance level. Who would have been the other like <laughs> third baseman? Third base. Who played center field? Third base was kind of a hodgepodge. Trevor Plouffe played a lot of third base. Yeah, that so year. Plouffe had to be up. Um, you're missing some outfielders for sure. Yeah, center you're field and a right bunch field. Of outfielders. Delman Young. No, nope. no, we traded him by then. Uh, I can't think of who played center <laughs> field on that, that team. Long ago, uh, uh-uh. it, but it's six years ago. Uh, the, the the main center fielder on that team was acquired either via waiver pickup or trade from the Detroit Tigers. Cleet Thomas. Cleet Thomas. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. That was that team. You How did we not win? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe, I cannot believe we didn't win more games. I can't believe it. You want the rest? Yeah. All right. Pedro Florimon. Oh, gosh. He was a shortstop. Short yep. yep. Trevor Plouffe, I think, played a lot of games at third base. Aaron Hicks played a lot of games in center. Chris Parmley and Oswaldo Arcia. Oh, gosh. Also oh, that a lot stinks. Of I, I, <laughs> that's tough when you get put on the spot, though. That's tough. Even then, man, there were some rotating. Yeah, those. Yeah, Should we go through the pitchers next? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I got. I do have one more trivia question for you here. Hold on, let me fire this back up. Which hitter did you strike out the most in your career? I'm gonna just throw it out there and say Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, and yeah. Adam Dunn as well. Yeah, For both those guys. I think struck I struck Adam times. Dunn. I think I struck out Adam Dunn like every time I faced him. You faced him eleven times. And you was, struck him out eight times. It was he all for eleven and, with eight strikeouts? And with all due respect, most pitchers struck Adam Dunn. Yeah, out eight out of especially at that t- time in his career. I just I faced Miguel Cabrera like thirty some times. Yeah, I faced him a lot. He did have so his career average I think is over three hundred. You held him to like two ninety in his career. Yeah, he he hit me pretty hard before I went to the bullpen. Okay, and then the tides turned. Yeah. Then you owned him. Yeah. So we have uh, an interesting development in umpiring when we come back here. And also some great news, I think anyways, that the Twins floated out there that Judd wrote about on our website. It's the Scornorth Twin Show, Glenn Perkins on Baseball. Scornorth mobile app, free to download, by the way. The Scornorth Twin Show. Bomba. On Scornorth and Scornorth.com. Also available on demand on the Scornorth mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, time for a Score North download. Manny Hill here. This update, uh, the Score North download brought to you by My Pillow. Dan Plesak of MLB Network gave his thoughts on the Minnesota Twins. He gave them a midseason report card. 
And uh, he has uh, some concerns about the team's starting pitching. I'm a little concerned the starting pitching, Michael Pineda and Kyle Gibson, have been one good, one bad the last four or five starts before the All-Star break. I love Barrios. Odorisi should be back after the All-Star break. If they tighten up their starting pitching, they have now what they've never had before. They've always been an organization of pitch-to-contact kind of guys. But now they have a guy like Barrios and Odorizzi that can strike some people out, and they put some fear. This is a really good team that has a chance to go really deep into October. Let us know what you think about uh, Dan Plesak's mid-season report card. He gave him... Uh, an overall B-plus as far as the roster is concerned. So let us know what you think. Tweet us at Score North, and uh, be sure to download all of our content at uh, scorenorth.com or that fabulous Score North mobile app. Let's get back to Glenn Perkins on baseball. Welcome back to the Score North Twins Show. This is Glenn Perkins on baseball. Uh, that's different music, Phil Mackey. Well, we can change that. Yeah, that's uh, that's on. different music than we normally have. Let's scrap that. You didn't like it? Well, let's do this. Hold on one second. Are we still live? Are we still on air? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Is that more like it right yeah. there? Okay. Or we, we could go with... Don't panic songs? Well, it's funny you play that song because... After teasing it for what nine years now, it's happening. What the the, the twins? No, uh-uh, no. I was optimistic early in the show about them. They're t- t- totally going to blow it. Uh, wow. No, that Yahoo Sports. Uh, Johnny Flores Jr. Robot umpires debuted in the Atlantic League All Star Game. Here's what happened. Wow. Hold on. It is happening officially. Yes. Did they did they even have a body behind home plate? Yes. After much discussion, some anticipation, and some disappointment, robot umpires, they put it in quotes, robot umpires have finally made its way into professional baseball. On Wednesday, the Atlantic League, which is a partner of MLB, debuted the electronic strike zone during its All-Star game, making it the first American professional league to do so. So this home plate umpire was behind home plate. He had basically like an AirPod in his ear with a phone, I think, just like on a f- constant phone call. Okay. So they got like some stuff to work out with that. So he's just... But on, on so that somebody was hours. up. Somebody was up in the booth and had a track man like this, this screen, and would tell him like ball or strike, and then he would call it. But they ran into some issues. So yeah, what if the reception goes out? Yeah, well, they, that never happened. But uh, it says that the debut of the strike zone was, was largely well received, with many players having already taken note of the few changes of the new changes. One time, I already had caught the ball back from the catcher, and he signaled the strike. Pitcher Daryl Thompson told the AP. <laughs> Wait, so it took him that long to call a strike? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so they got to work that out. Uh, Pitcher Mitch Atkins noticed that pitches higher in a strike zone were called strikes, something that is often missed, something that also is important in today's game because guys are throwing high so much more often. Uh, not high, the high, pitches high in the strike zone. Uh, another player noted a few instances of players who struck out that were lingering because the call had not been relayed. Oh, my goodness. So you take that, like, you know, comeback two-seamer on the inside corner, and you're just, well... Am I out yet? I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Okay. I'm, I'm out. 
So why does <laughs> I, I feel like now it's this is a minor league operation? They literally. threw it together. It was for the All Star game. I think they threw it together really fast. They're going to implement it across the league in the second half of the season. But do they have a system down for? I, I almost feel like I mean, maybe this can't happen in the minor leagues, but I almost feel like the umpire should be holding some sort of a tablet or something that just. Sh- I so my my feeling is that. There should be some sort of a notification on like the center field scoreboard or the left center field a scoreboard somewhere or like a or like a buzzer, um you know like one buzz is a is a ball yeah. and two two buzzes is a strike. That would also make it more transparent because you know what would you happen. Know, one is... if by land, two if by sea. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, if if it's if it's Angel Hernandez, let's say that Major League Baseball does this, but they keep the same umpires yeah. and begrudgingly like Angel Hernandez it, has to have. He a will actually here. learn a strike zone. But here's what I would worry about. He's so vindictive, <laughs> so only he knows what's said in his ear, right? Yeah. So I'd be worried that he would go against what was said in his ear. I would assume that it would all be recorded, and they're like, okay, he he went against. He 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 called six pitches six inches outside on on these lefties tonight, and, and, and then that quit. were balls that he called strikes, and then quit his job, <laughs> doing the same doing the same thing that he's been doing. Uh, no, so I think they're going to work out some kinks. I'm sure they kind of haphazardly threw it together for this, and like if MLB ever did it. But Rob Manfred's quoted in here too, um, saying that you know basically we need we need more uh, trial runs, we need more data. Um, he says we need to see how it works first in the Atlanta League and then probably other places, meaning other parts of minor league baseball before it comes to major league baseball. We kind of feel it's incumbent on us to figure out whether we could make it work, and that's what we're doing. Okay, so. He never like he says we need to see how it works in this league and then in minor league baseball before it comes to major league baseball. So he's basically saying it's coming. So this so it's happening. This will for sure happen. Was this what the T-shirt was about? I like it is. I've I've been asking this for years. Yes, like it's true. Yeah, I really didn't mean anything about the Twins team that lost <laughs> ninety games that year. By the way, you know the it's happening T-shirts. Have you ever heard the 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 backstory about the mistiming of the it's happening shirts? Other than like the fact that they lost, you guys lost ninety nine games. <laughs> well, we had won like seven in a row. Well, you guys were not only, uh, I believe it was like, it was like you were 15 and 2 or something over some stretch, and you're in San Francisco, and Madison Bumgarner is on the mound for the Giants. Yeah, we scored like 8 in the first. I think it was 9. It was 9 nothing in the first inning, but I believe it was a Friday night. Whatever night it was, we had everything ready to rock, ready to capitalize, and one person who shall go nameless doesn't even, hasn't worked here in a long time. Like forgot to send an email to the t-shirt company or something to make the final connection. And so it's happening starts trending during that game against San Francisco. And we're, we could have sold a thousand t-shirts that <laughs> night and we didn't have them available. And then you guys went on and like lost five games in a row or something and then went on to lose 99. So yeah. The it's happening craze was a, was a mistimed on number, on number developers. <laughs> But I think it could apply to robot. Well, but it's it's it it like it ages well in a way. Like in the same way it doesn't age well, it ages well. Yeah, it's because it can just keep enough. It can, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps popping up. I think we might have to. Is it a good or bad idea for us here at Score North to release its happening shirts? Or are they? I almost feel like people think they're a jinx at this point. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I mean, you could. I guess you probably still have some, don't you? Um, <laughs> maybe down in the down in the cellar here yeah. somewhere. We do if you're cheap. We'll plug, go look after the show. Cheap plug. We do have we do have bombasoda.com and several Bomba Soda shirts. If people want to purchase those here for the second half of the season, real quick because I know we've kind of we've we've gone on a number of different tangents here. 
Are you panicking at all? Five, the lead is down to five and a half games here. It was eleven and a half, and now they play the Indians three coming up. No, and when I was on with you earlier this week, um, it's as much about how they play against the Indians as it is about how they play against everybody else, and they've been just fine against everybody else too. And that, that not to not to say that this weekend isn't a big series. I think it is. I think a lot of things can change after this weekend, depending on what happens. Um, but. And and I don't like the argument like well if you if you would have been told at the beginning of the season if the Twins would be up five and a half games at the All Star break would you take it well there's context there like they were up eleven and a half so they've kind of started to to slide a little bit um, I think that they're going to benefit more than pretty much any other team from this All Star break and the nagging injuries that they had I think they'll be back to full strength uh, if not right after not long after um, and and they have they have like the easiest schedule from here on out. And they're going to make a trade or two. Um, yeah, and yeah, I, I can't see how they're not going to get better. I think this. I, I would love to talk to Derek and or Thad um, and see, and not that they would ever say it publicly on the record, but you know, are they are they playing more close to to how they expected this team to play now, or like maybe the totality of this first half? I still think they're probably overachieving a little bit, pertaining to what they thought. Yeah. Before the season started, that actually came on the Scorner Twin Show a couple days ago, and I I don't remember the verbatim quote, but it was like, yeah, this is we had a projection range, and yeah, this is like they, beyond what we had. Yeah, projected they've got the to still. Head. I mean, obviously, forty and eighteen, which they were as their high water mark this year. That's that's a uh, uh, winning percentage wise. That's nobody's nobody builds a team to to win over sixty six percent of your games. Um, but they're still like, you know, what are they a ninety nine hundred hundred and one win pace right now? So yeah, there's there's four um, or five teams on pace to win a hundred, and the yeah, Twins are one of them. Yeah. So I mean, that's probably that probably overshoots them a little bit. I, I think that they, I would guess they probably thought they could be an eighty eight to ninety win team. I would imagine that that yeah. had to be somewhere in the 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 because they were about they should have been about a five hundred team last year, maybe a hair above, I think. But you know, you look at run differential, you look at those other things that they're doing. They're going to be just fine. They're like, it, 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 they're good. Like that's the thing. They 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 went through a little, not even a slump, just an extended stretch of like kind of playing okay. They played like five hundred ball for a month. Yeah, but they're they're like all of like the offense, the the run differential, the the pitching, how many more homers they've hit than they've given up. All the all the signs point to continued success. Like run differential is the biggest indicator of. Of future performance, right? I just read about the Reds this morning that they're in last place, four and a half out, but they have the best run differential in the American League Central. That's a better indicator of how they're going to do going forward than what they're, you know, than what they've done up to that point. Yeah, and the Twins, I think, have the second best run differential in the entire major leagues. The the best run differential in the American League. Yeah. So now, the Dodgers I'll, are first, and they're the best team in baseball. And, yep. Now the Yankee, the, the thing though, the, the, this is the the ultimate wild card. The Yankees are doing what they're doing without most of their big guns the whole season. I mean, yeah. they're gonna. They just added Edwin Arcanacion. They might get Luis Severino back. They just got Didi Gregorius back. So you have to build whatever you're going to do the next three months has to intersect with what the Yankees will be in October. Yeah, of I don't think that's going to change their plans. They're still going to get a couple bullpen guys and a starter. That's not going to change. But they, they're what they you know. And when I talk about it, is just winning the Central Division. I, I still, I mean, they're still at 86 percent chance. And you go even if they go two and one over this weekend, they're going to be dang near up to ninety again. You know, you play three more games against a division rival, you pick up a game on them. That's all they have to do. 
You know, I and I think there's nothing to worry about unless they get swept. <laughs> Boy, that would be. I don't. I. I don't. I don't think then I'll be sweating a little bit. Then I think I'd be sweating a little bit, and that ain't gonna happen either. Yeah, where I'm at right now is, and I, I put this challenge out earlier in the week on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. I said, I'll take your Cleveland money. If anyone, if there's Twins fans panicking right now, I'll take your Cleveland money, literally, figuratively. If you want me to do some sort of weird on-the-microphone bet with you, like, I will fade Cleveland the rest of the season while you guys are panicking, if you're in that. Yeah. I get it. You're Minnesota sports. There's a lot of things to panic about the last 25 years, but I think this Yeah, but each each Twins. event, I mean, that's that's just like saying, well, you know, the the... The last time the Twins played the Yankees, they lost in the playoffs. It's like they're a completely different team. So that stuff changes. We'll see how it plays out in the end. I, I like their chances. Yeah. Uh, next week, remind me, the Twins are planning an old-timers game in 2020. I, we need your thoughts on that next week. How are you going to prepare for the old-timers game in 2020? I've already started. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Perkins. Glenn Perkins on baseball, part of the Score North Twin Show, which you can find five days a week here on Score North on 1500 and the Score North mobile app, free to download. We'll catch you guys. Oh, please give us, by the way, on Apple and Spotify, give us a five-star review. It really helps spread the word. And tell a couple friends that you listen to the Score North Twin Show and Glenn Perkins on baseball. See you guys next week. Five days a week, we talk twins. What do fans love? Offense, home runs. The greatest lie in all of baseball was while we were all morons in 98, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball knew exactly what was going on. But Selig knew. What saved the game was Sosa McGuire home runs. Baseball said to itself, how can we get steroids back in the game without players choosing? It's absolutely crazy. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents, 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.